save anything. No. Okay, we had to start this podcast. We had to <laughs> For reasons. Sarah being the reason. Um, I didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> and I won't be held accountable for anything I've said. Uh, well. I don't understand and I won't reply to it. <laughs> Do you want a platter or a plate? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to... Episode 10. Episode 10. Murmur. Episode 10. Murmur. Here, here's Murmur. your headphones. Thank you. Um, I feel naked without them. Of the Murder Most Irish podcast. We're recording on a... What day is it? Bank holiday Monday. Bank holiday Monday. There isn't, there's no episode today because we just couldn't be arsed. I was in work. Now, she was no more in fucking work. You were in work Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your Instagram can if attest if, to that. Listen, if work ask, I was in fucking work. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's probably this probably up what tomorrow or Wednesday. Tomorrow, well, it depends on the editing, and it depends, it depends on, on how bad we do. It's usually, de- it's actually just dependent on us. This is true. If we just keep it together, which we won't. Oh, there we go. Look, turn your fucking phone off. <laughs> Instantly, we'll not be able to keep he's together. Like he's Let's see. I'll tell you now who's texting me during the podcast. How dare they? Uh, Lauren is sending me a picture of her in my fridge Show in me. Belfast. <laughs> What's in your fridge? Because there's drink in Jesus the back. Jesus Christ, is that alcohol in there? Yeah. Who puts pasta in the fridge? Me, because it's, it's, fresh? it's fresh pasta. Oh, okay. That's I don't eat none of that dried shit. Do you have milk of chocolate? No, still world in this house. Is that milk of chocolate? Uh, milk of chocolate, fruit and nothing. Oh, Anna, it's so good. Anna bought me back from Slovakia. Oh. Full of the COVID. Thanks, Anna. Thanks, Anna. It's Anna's lovely. lovely. Anna is lovely. Anna's a little cutie. Um. Anyway, episode 10. Episode 10. Ten fingers deep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'd like to call it that, but then we already have four fingers deep. Ten fingers deep's a lot. Ten fingers deep is too much. And ten fingers is... And unnecessary. uh, Seven fingers too much. Colin Craig were telling me today, we walked past this adult store in town, and Colin was telling me the last time he was in there, there was this big rubber fist. I was like, what would you be doing with that now? Putting it inside you, Emma. For what reason? I don't know. I mean, it, I just feel if like you're not hurting anybody. No, no, but I feel like... And you're only hurting yourself. Somebody pulled that out of me. Something else will come with it. <laughs> if someone pulled that out of me, my uterus would like, come I with it. I feel like the whole inside of me would just rip out. Like. Um, and if anything that big coming out of me, a placenta is attached yeah, to it. Like, it's just mad. He's like, actual, because I have small fist, but he was like, Emma, it was like, huge. Listen, this you know what? Get here. Put up whatever you We've want. We've been talking <laughs> for two minutes and 45 seconds. I'm sorry, 10 fingers. <laughs> you started it. And then I continued. Anyhow, so. listen, put whatever you want inside your vagina. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that ain't for a vagina. We both know that ain't for a vagina. Uh, or put whatever you want up your arse. Do whatever you want. Listen, it's 2020. There's a pandemic. You can put whatever you want up there. Except for live animals. Don't put live animals up your arse. Like Sean, Richard, Gare. (laughs) Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly. Richard Gare's people are listening to this. Richard Richard Gare decided, do you know what way is the best way to get over this hump of me apparently putting a hamster up my arse? Yeah. Is to take out a full page statement in the New York Times. And if anything doesn't make you look more guilty and like you did put a hamster up your arse. Yeah. When you just be like, fucking Egypt's and laugh at it. Why did, how did that start? I have no idea. I need to I, later, How it started is Richard Gere put a hamster up his arse and someone clearly come. did. And he's like, fuck! Ten Alleg- minutes, allegedly! Allegedly! <laughs> allegedly! Richard Gere's people are listening to this. It's a satire <laughs> and we don't mean it. And he didn't do anything to, ha- to that poor little hamster. One of my all-time favourite movies, The Lovely Prostitute. Ah, she's a lovely prostitute. Ah, she's a lovely prostitute. <laughs> I wish it was called lovely, lo- lovely she's prostitute. She's a great prostitute. What's and called? I, uh, I would just say little women. It's not little pretty women. Woman. Pretty woman. <laughs> like, pretty woman. woman. Yeah. I was watching that movie when I was way too young to Everyone watched that movie when they were way too young. What was happening. And I was like, ah, oh, so lovely. A lovely prostitute. She a lovely whore. She was a lovely prostitute, though. She was a lovely she prostitute. She was. Good for her. She's doing her thing. I probably can't say prostitute anymore. Sex worker. But... Back in the day, she was a prosy. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> On the streets, I got mistaken for a sex worker. Sarah got asked if she was. I was working. wearing high vis and a pair of work boots, and, and a man. I don't know if he thought this was a game or something. Maybe he was. Maybe he'd hired a sex worker. <laughs> he was and that like, was the, "I'm gonna wear." Yeah. If you see, you're looking for me high vis and work boots. Yeah. That's what I'm wearing. Um, if he thought that was. Maybe that's what he was into, and maybe that was the game he was playing with his sex worker. And I just happened to you be happen on to the wrong street at the wrong time in a high vis. I, I got stuff once. Uh, my friend Raisin lived in Stony Batter, 
and I was walking Stony past Bata. her to her house or from her house I can't remember and a gentleman pulled up in a car and asked me was I working what and I said I didn't know that. what did you say I said yeah in Donnybrook <laughs> because that's where I was working at the time and I didn't know what he meant and I was really confused and then he realised that I was like I was oh, and I he speed off just drove off yeah yeah my one was a little bit more awkward than that because I had headphones in <laughs> when he said something so I took the headphones out and then I was waiting on a taxi to pick me up so my taxi pulled up behind him yeah and then I leaned into his window and was like uh what and he was like are you working and I was like yeah what and then he realised that I was like um really confused so then he was like oh I'm looking for an apartment block and I was like huh what apartment block and then I was like literally like that one down there that one's called the Ark I live there that's where I live sir yeah come ahead I've learned nothing nothing <laughs> learned nothing <laughs> <laughs> and it then, really happened no and then he was like oh, okay and then to make things 10 times worse I got into my taxi he had gone yeah and then I pulled up outside my apartment got out of the taxi and he, and was, he was standing at the door and then he was obviously so flustered and awkward and did not know what to do oh. that he started to talk to me about like if the apartment complex oh, was nice oh god no and I was like well I don't know if there's a sex worker well I a lovely sex worker a lovely like, prostitute uh, what's her face in that movie Julie Roberts yeah the uh, big mate. Nom, 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 nom. She's got a massive mate, that one. She has. I'd actually. She would get it. She's beautiful. Mm. She's very, very beautiful. She is. You'd stop and look at her, as my mother would say. You'd stop and look at her. That's a weird thing to say. I always knew when my mum was calling someone fat because she'd say, She's a fine girl. And that was what meant fat. Oh. Always. My thing was always my, the, when they refer to me as bubbly. Huh? She's a bubbly personality. So that means what? Quite it means you're like chubby. Really? Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah, people would like quite often refer to like... Is it like the chubby, happy, funny person kind of thing? Yeah. Listen, being fat has taught me that... Yeah, people suck. Well, it taught me that people suck, but also that I had to like develop my personality. Yeah. A lot of people say that. I think when I was growing up, I was like really unattractive and... Oh! Uh, I was. And I've seen the pictures. I was really unattractive. So I had to... I like latched on to other things. So like I was obsessed with like reading and other things and I didn't ever think about the makeup or doing my hair Aww. or anything like that. Oh never, I never thought that was for me. So I just kinda latched on to other shit, like music and that was like I never thought. I thought about. I was the bomb. <laughs> the bomb diggity. <laughs> yeah, like I was like, This girl is the shit <laughs> and she gotta hang on to nothing. What you want me to learn something and develop some <laughs> life skills? No. Absolutely not. Because I'm the shit. I am the bum diggity. Um, I was only thinking the other day about school. Um, and I had this like, because uh, I was in work and I had this flashback. Somebody made a joke and they were like, I bet you 50 cent. And it brought me back. I don't know what I think, but it just, it just brought me back to this. So when I was in school and I was in like first or second year, surprise, surprise, I hated boys and I didn't want them anywhere near me and I wanted nothing to do with them. And I was like, stay the fuck away from me. Like I hated them. I did well. Was this guy in my class? And I'm going to say his name. His name was Patrick Malloy. And he no, leave it in. Fuck him. He was a prick. Uh, he was slipping off and he just fuck fuck off, Patrick Malloy. Your shitty taste in music. How and true. he was a wanker, but he was early Slipknot where nothing was melodic and it uh, didn't make any sense. And he used to get in the school, just school bus and was on a Slipknot tape, and I'd be like, "You are a fucking asshole." But he made I didn't know this at the time. He made a bet because I didn't have any interest in boys. I hated boys. I he made mind. a bet. He what? made a bet with the other boys that he could get me. What? Guess how much I was worth? Fifty p. What? <laughs> Not even. Because we were in euros at the time. I don't think. I don't think so. Fifty p. He made a bet with you because he was being really nice to me, and I was like, "What's going on here?" Now, being nice, boys being nice to me meant nothing to me because I fucking hated them and I wanted nothing to do with them. And uh, I am you like what? <laughs> yeah, I was like. This, why is he being nice to me? And then I remember one of the girls in my class telling me, she was like, oh, he made a bet with the lads that he could get you for 50p. I was like, what? And like, I wasn't even upset. I was just like, no. And then one of the lads that he was best friends with was really mean to me as well. And then my last day of school decided to put a love letter on my notebook about how he loved me. But then was awful to me for fucking five years. Like, treating me like happening? garbage on my this school. Is, this this yeah. is not ten things I hate about you. So and fuck this you, is not, she's all No, I was really into she's all that. She's all that, she's yeah. all that, she's um, all Fred, Freddie Prince Jr. Oh, the girl with the cute little haircut. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, I wish one, but I wish a boy. Do you know those like... movies are so fucked up when you fucking look at them now? Yeah, so like... fucked up. Sure, remember 
we tried to watch Empire Records. Oh, and I was like, I can't do watch it. this. We couldn't get past it. Like, it's amazing um, how much of your brain shuts out that shit when you're younger and you just think it's acceptable. And then when you get older, you're like, uh, and you get woke. You get woke and you're like, uh, stay woke. Maybe this girl shouldn't be dancing around in just like an apron. Or and she's supposed to be 16. Yeah. Like, they're it, kids. And, it, and yeah, she's all that was like, I used to watch that and be like, one day a boy will look at me when I take off my glasses. <laughs> she took off her glasses. Oh, she's so pretty. <laughs> and then in the back of my head, they were like, you don't wear glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Please God, make me wear glasses. <laughs> I need glasses so I can take them off to show everybody how pretty I am. But it is, it's like the way they just took off her glasses and they were like, oh my God, we didn't know. We didn't know. What's in the box? Sorry, that's not really good. <laughs> but whenever anybody says what's in the box, you gotta go, What's in, in the, the box? box? You have to. What's in the box? If you're, if you're old like us. Mm, what a great movie. And, you know, have watched Seven, because I'd say there's so many people that'd be like, What's Seven? Do you think? Oh my God, yeah. We're so old. It's always a real indicator of Graham. Graham's all-time favourite movie is Seven. Really? Because he's a man. Mm. Yeah. It's Men, like it's American Psycho. American Psycho, Seven... There's another one. Train spotting. Train spotting. There's one more. They always love one more. I see the one they always. Oh, spend. fucking Fight Club. And and then if they're the other way, so if they're men and scangers, it's Scarface, Goodfellas. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're really into those war movies now. Oh really? Yeah. So like the one where they're all stuck on the beach. Nor uh nineteen uh nope I'm making up names especially Normandy it, and that's not a movie. Um, but it is an, it is the date the year it, yeah that it it's something year yeah, anyway yeah. wrong to like just the day Graham was watching Batman. I was like, Grimley's movie shit. The original Batman? No, the one, like, Christopher Nolan's yeah, yeah, Batman. No, it's, 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 it's dark superhero. <laughs> Whenever she says that, I'm like, yeah, that's exactly right. But I thought that movie was the bomb when it came out. The bomb diggity. The bomb diggity. I've said the bomb diggity like five bomb times. Bomb diggity. <laughs> this episode is called Bomb Diggity. No, it's not. Hoop diggity. Hoop diggity. Anyway, this week has been a shit week. Yeah. For one reason and one reason only. No. 81 cunts. <laughs> 81 cunts, that's what it's called. 81 cunts. <laughs> Let me see if I'm writing the number. Is it 81? 80, 84. 84 cunts. Yeah. Uh, decided to contact the ASTAI. ASTAI. ASTA, whatever, yeah. anyway. Um, and complain about the Tampax ad. Which has been on, I've seen that ad ages ago. I saw that on British television so long ago. Well, I've been in Belfast for yeah, all like, of this week. I remember being home with my mum and be, her being on Sky and it was on TV and people were, and I thought nothing of it. If anything, it was fun and informative because there's a lot of people that don't, girls especially, that don't know how to put tampons in. No. Like, they don't. My, I had a mother who never used yeah. a tampon. Like, it was always So it wasn't an tells. option. No. It wasn't even, like, given to me as an option. It was like tells Because them. it was deemed inappropriate yeah, yeah, yeah. putting anything inside yeah, of your yeah, vagina. Yeah, 100%. It, and that's a lot of what it is. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. And even like women having the shame about it as well. Being like, oh, love, you're putting some, it, it's a natural thing. What are you? But like, so people are so upset. Like I read some of the complaints and I was like, Jesus, you need to fucking go outside for a walk. Get a fucking hobby. Like, yeah, my daughter was disgusted. Well, maybe if you talked to your daughter about her period and her vagina, she wouldn't be disgusted. Mm-hmm. Instead of calling it her secret place or her flower and pretending um, it doesn't exist. Mary, Mary. My mother used to hide the sanitary towels in her hot press. My mom used to and say to us, the, the, the towels are in the hot press. Uh, verbatim, my mother used to hide our towels in the hot press. I, like, and then would come in. So I'd say, I, I, as I've spoken about before, have PCOS. Yeah. I had PCOS from like the day I got my period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't know I had it and my mum didn't know anything about it. Um, so I never could track my period. Mm. So my period would just boom appear. Mm-hmm. And then I'd be like, ma'am, I got my period. And I'd have to, I'd literally have to be like, ma'am, I got my period. Yeah. And then mum would literally like, same. go off or do whatever, or get whatever. Yeah. And then she'd come and whisper, uh, in hushed tones that it was in the hot press wrapped up in a towel. The towels are in the hot press. Yeah. All right, Kathleen, calm the fuck down. Like, um, I'm, we and all it's so odd because my my dad was like, because uh, eventually I was like, well, this is nonsense and I won't be adhering to this anymore. Yeah. So I'd be like to everybody in my household, I've got my period. Yeah. Like the only thing is like, I grew up in a house, like there was my older sister and I have two younger sisters and my mom. Like Jerry was there for a while, but like, yeah, it just, it was like this thing that had to be kept secret from Jerry. And Jerry would give a fuck because he'd all, what was he used to sing? He used to sing the song and it's oh there are red flags flying when we were in a bad mood because he knew what was wrong with us because he didn't care but my mum was like yeah mortified by terrified of us knowing that yeah my mum used to my mum did that thing and then I remember once I got my well one I got my period 
on a day when my dad was there and my mum wasn't there. Oh, you were telling me that, yeah. And yeah, I did yeah. not know what was happening to me because no one had told me. Oh, Sarah. And my dad's a musician, so my dad was rehearsing and the house was full of men. Oh. Um, and were so you like, I'm bleeding? I sat in the garden for the whole day and waited for, like... The inevitable. I waited... Uh, one, I thought I was dying. <laughs> um, so I sat in the garden all day. I was wearing white tracks of bottoms. Like cream white oh, ones. Oh, Sarah. And... I did not know what was happening so I just stayed in a corner of the garden sitting on the electricity box and then waited till like someone came my plan was to wait for someone to come home like my mum yeah but like that didn't happen because my dad was like what's going on here and so then my dad came out and I was like well and I literally was like my dad said that I literally was like well listen you just may as well say you're goodbye now because <laughs> this is the end because this is it now <laughs> I've sat in some shower and my dad was like what and then my mum came home pretty shortly after that and then my mum was like did not tell me anything about what it was just told me it would appear once a month told me that I had to like the only thing I remember is that I had she she kept like repeating that I had to stay clean yes my mother was like yeah you gotta clean you gotta make sure you're clean be clean be clean and I remember being like what is this like is this like liquid shit like what are you talking yeah, about obsessive, and, like. and just like not knowing and then I went over to my friend across the road that night and she gave me a book that her mum had given her to be like oh this is what it is I didn't know that you didn't know Um, my mum was I will say for all my mum hiding tells in the hot press I knew exactly what it was when I came I knew exactly what was going on because she always said to us because the woman's four years older than me yeah and I I got mine when I was 13 it was at Christmas and the only thing my mum did that really upset me so I was 13 I woke up and I was like I was in a really bad I remember being in a really bad mood the night before no one fucking knew there I was like a fucking bitch and my mum was like you're getting your period and I was like I don't even know what that is like I was but I knew what it was because my mum would talk to us a bit and I remember I woke up and I had it and then my friend Kerry who I'm actually going to talk about later my best friend in school is this girl called Kerry uh, came to my house I think it was Christmas Eve and she walked in the door and the first thing my mum said to her Emma got her period oh the and I was like what the fuck ma'am but yeah that was like but it was fine because as I said Yvonne had told me everything and my mum had pretty much told me everything yeah, so I my wasn't sister scared. was kind of God. Yeah, my sister was well gone by then. Because yeah. uh, Nikita was born when I was 11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got my period between the age of 12 and 13. Yeah. So she was well gone. Like, we got, I think we got this girls that get their period when they're like nine. My auntie got her period when she was nine. That's fucking She had a really crazy. bad thyroid problem and had to have her thyroid taken out when that's she was like 11. Um, that's fucking crazy. Could you imagine being nine and getting your nine period? Nine years old and you're just bleeding. God, uh, being a woman fucking anyway, sucks. That said, we asked people to send us their first Dead. period story. Uh, Lauren, Lauren Ryan still hasn't sent hers, and Lauren Ryan. Oh, this Lauren, please has the best first period story I've ever heard. L- Lauren, do you know what you'll do? know what Lauren could do if you can talk to her? If you can get her to record it. Oh yeah, even on her phone. I could do it on that thing Finn gave us. Yeah, and get her to record it, and we'll get caught if we've not time this week. We will, but if maybe next week we'll get her to put it into the because it's like my favorite story. It's ever. the best story. Um, so some people sent me replies about period stories. Some of them are first periods, and some of them are just stories actually. And this one is. I forgot about this. It's fucking crazy. So the girl that I mentioned earlier, Carrie, Carrie. that I grew up with. Hey, Carrie. Hey, Carrie. Uh, so Carrie sent me this this message on Instagram. She's like, Emma, remember? Because we went to the same primary school. Emma, remember when we were into allowed sanitary bins in national school? Mrs. Kenny, who was an old fucking mm, gave us a talk about putting pads in a paper bag, keep it in the band of your skirt, then go home and quickly dispose of it. What? Right? So... Then what happened was I was like, oh my God, I fucking totally forgot about this. And I had completely forgotten about it. She was like, yeah, I think my mum said there was a meeting about it because used for pads were found in the toilets and they wouldn't put bins in the toilets because the other children might be asking questions. And so we had to have this stupid talk and it was kept quiet. Um, she was like, yeah, it was around 19, what year did she say? 1995, 96, 97. So we would have been in fifth or sixth class and I got my period in sixth class. But I remember Mrs. Kenny being like, if you've got trouble, that's really funny. Actually, I was watching an episode of Katia and uh, Trixie the other day, and Katia <laughs> kept saying, Has the girl got her blood? That's like my favourite way to say someone got their period. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she, like, the shame we felt when she talked to walk around with, like, put a it used in, sanitary pad. Put it in a piece of paper or thing and just took it into the band of our skirt and go home and put it in the bin. So because we were so like freaked out and didn't want to be carrying them around, girls started trying to flush them down the toilets because they wouldn't give us sanitary bins. Yeah, Catholic Ireland. But Carrie reminded me what of this. What the fuck? That's, I remember she was a now fucking rip. This is the type of woman that was a boy in my class who clearly had a learning difficulty and I could tell this 
when I was like 10, 11, 12, I knew he had a learning difficulty and she used to mock him and make fun of him. Aww. It was horrible. Hopefully she died screaming. She died a long time ago, so fuck her. Um, so I also got this message from somebody, but they asked if they could remain anonymous. Uh, anonymous. So she said, No! No! <laughs> um, girls, when I got my first period, I genu- genuinely wished to be a man. I didn't know how I was going to cope every month because it was heavy and painful. The Aww. worst part, for some unknown reason, I think this is quite common, for some unknown, unknown reason, I thought they stopped at night time so didn't have to have any protection on the night. And I was like, oh no. no. <laughs> because it, it must be so confusing when you're young and you're like, oh, maybe it's just during the day and I don't, I don't remember who this just... was, but I remember someone telling me that when they were telling, their daughter got their period and her daughter was like, do I get it on the weekend? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a thing, it's so scary. You don't know anything you don't about know it. Anything. Like, the only thing I was I like, mean, like, because... Obviously, we're, I'm like, 30, how old am I? 33? 34? I'm 34. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can never... Sarah doesn't know her own age I can age never ever. remember my age. Um, <laughs> and you know, but like, uh, it's normal to think that it would stop at night. That's it, because yeah. Because you go asleep. Because you're like, oh, maybe if, I, if I'm if i not doing anything, this then won't be Then it won't anything. come. I just, when I read that, I was like, oh. Um, I also got one from our friend Leanne. Hi, Leanne. Uh, I that hope she's okay bitch. me putting this in yeah she will be she said I rem- remember unironically hoping to get mine I didn't get it until I was 13 and I was convinced something was wrong and that I was weird because all my mates had had one and I wanted one too Aww. my mum has them really badly so I remember wanting them but also being terrified of having to go through that pain for the first two months they were okay and I remember mum saying to me how great it was and that it was a good sign because hopefully my sister wouldn't be bad either if I wasn't and then came three months later and holy god with a literal bloodbath uh, I know we went to the doctors and they were like, here's some Ponston. You're too young for the pill. And there was just numerous times after that where I would have to be physically carried to the doctors in agony. The best they could do is explain it was like my womb was contracting in the same way if I was as if I was oh in labour. She was 14. Like I remember Leanne telling me about this before. Her being like in absolute agony with her periods. And like she has this condition where it is, it's like her womb is contracting. So it's like labour pains. Jesus. Like I get pains, but I don't get that. Like that is not. Labour pains are, oh. Like, I couldn't imagine. Like, my mum's period was atrocious. I remember when we were kids and how bad it was. And I'm still afraid that that's going to happen to me. Like, like Yours I is atrocious. I know, but it's not to the level of, like... I get the you worst thing... Up. I throw up, yeah. Like, I'll throw... What are you I, talking about, Emma? You'd be like... I got my period today, actually. Pain as of, fuck. Yeah, like... The day before. And then you throw up. With pains. My PMS is really, And your PMS, jeez. Really like, there's a reason we didn't record it this weekend. Because <laughs> <laughs> your ass is in Belfast. Stop blaming me. Look, she's hitting me. She's hitting me. It's a fucking PMS. I get clumsy. Yeah, I get clumsy I don't too. Really, I drop things. I don't think I get PMS. No, Tell you me don't. Do. Like, you don't. You get, you get weepy. Yeah, very weepy. Yes. You don't get angry. I get angry. No, I do. I remember, I, I was messaging from Belfast, and I got my baby, <laughs> and I'm watching an ad about bread. Um, but you do. Yeah, you get no, weepy. I get weepy. I don't really. Graham, Graham has. I've asked him a couple of times, like, do I get aggro around no, my period? I don't think he's like, no. Um, and he can never tell when he's like, oh, is, it, is it here? Uh, did it is she here? Has she? Uh, is she Has bleeding? the girl got her blood? Has she got her blood? <laughs> um, but anyway, I think as uh, if everyone could go and complain to the ASAI yeah. to it's ridiculous. Put the fucking advert back. Like remember uh, those ads? I don't know if you remember these ads. They were like those ads about the condoms. It was like Johnny's got you. Yeah, that's um, they were government. Yeah, and nobody thought to. That that wasn't appropriate. No. But, like, this is inappropriate because it's talking about where a tampon goes, which is in your vagina. Yeah. Where else are they meant to talk about it? Like, it's like when you're watching, like, the body formats from, like, the early 90s where the women are on cliffs and white dresses and they're, like, dancing. When I was a kid, before I got my period, my parents used to think it was the funniest thing because I'd wander around singing that song. (laughs) It's the best song! Yeah, and I was always confused about the blue liquid. Yeah, so I was like, why is this blue? So the blue liquid was always like, my thing wasn't that I was confused with it. My thing was like that I want some. You want, oh, it looks fun. It does look yeah, like fun so to play like with. I want some of the blue liquid to pour on stuff. And my favourite part is that they pour just a little bit. Yeah. My favourite part is where they throw the tampon <laughs> in and it explodes. <laughs> See, a little, little bit of liquid. No, no, there you go. That's all that's going to happen to you. Do you know what I will say in terms of tampons? I can't figure out how to get the ones in me that don't have an applicator. Oh, like without... Like the old school ones? Really? I can't get them into my vagina. For real? Yeah. Oh, because I would sometimes buy them if I was like at a... Because in work, they have them... Now, I have to say, 
one of the great things about work is they have free sanitary <gasps> products. That's so good. In the girls' toilets. That's excellent. Um, that should be in every, every fucking... Yeah, so free sanitary products in the girls' toilets. Um, and there's only four girls in the whole building. <laughs> but, but still, that's yeah, great. But they have the ones that don't have the applicator. And I'm like, I can't get this inside of my body. Wait, is it because your vagina's like... Ugh. My vagina is dry as barren as fuck. <laughs> like, take this object out of me. It's tiny tumbleweed. Yeah, past. like, I've never actually... I don't think I've... I remember when I first used the tampon and just being like, what the fuck? I remember when I first used the tampon and was like, why haven't I been doing this yeah. all of my fucking period life? Because I don't fucking ruin everything. Yeah. my clothes aren't destroyed. My bed isn't destroyed. My bed's not ruined. Like, every girl has that thing in school where you stand up and then like, you go, you check my skirt. I had this per. Oh no, did it happen to somebody? Girl on her confirmation day. <laughs> She's wearing a white <gasps> lace oh, play suit. We were sitting in the pews, I won't say her name, and she had to get up and leave during our confirmation oh, to gosh. go home because she got her. And she had already gotten her period, so she like knew that. She knew what it was. But it just came. And the fact that it wasn't her first one, it was very heavy. Oh, you know when your first one's quite light? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Well, mine was. Yeah. Um, they're all different. They all comes in different shapes and sizes, different days. God, the poor girl. Yeah. No, I, I always was afraid that I was going to have blood, but I. Oh, I, that's a, but didn't that girl get that tattoo on the back of her legs and check my? Oh, check the back of my skirt. Check the back of my skirt. Yeah, because I see that all the time. My friend in season, and I would be like, hey, check the back of my trousers. I'll stand up. I only. I don't. I'm so like oblivious to my body. <laughs> I was disgusted that I was becoming a woman. I know, Horrified. Yeah, 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 I refused to wear a bra for a really long time. <laughs> Like mortified. I'm not even more. I was just, just. I just did not want it. No, I, I get did it. not want my body to be sexualized in any way. And Thanks. I remember the very first moment that I realized my body was being sexualized. That boy that looked at your top. That I was playing football, football, yeah. and I had an Adidas like V-neck T-shirt on, and I bent down to pick up the ball, and I looked up, and he was looking down my. It's the worst. Top. It's the worst feeling. Uh, but he caught me looking. I must do too. So then that made it worse. Oh no. I think because I think I was looking at him to be like, is he? And then he kind of was like, oh. oh fuck yeah. And then yeah. he caught me caught catching him. So there was like this really awkward moment. But it's an amazing And way I literally just, I just dropped the football. I just was like, I don't want to play anymore. No. And I just went home. Because in that instant, it went from these are my mates, just yeah. lads that I hang around with, people yeah. hang around to like they're looking at me yeah. as something that. Lost my virginity to him. We won't say his name. The love of my name. The one who got away. The one who got away. Um, no, but like, yeah, I remember going home and then, because my mum had been fighting with me for months to get me a bra. Months. How big were your boobs? Were they little little boobies? I don't think Like, were you uncomfortable when you were running? I think I immediately went into a B cup. Okay. So you weren't, but when you were running and stuff, were you uncomfortable? Were they like... No, they were never uncomfortable. I never like paid any attention to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I only became uncomfortable because he was looking at them. And I also Man. played football for an all boys football team I was the only girl on it I used to have to get changed in the girls God, dressing room that's crazy I used to have to get changed in the girls toilets of the pub that was connected to the because there was, there no, was girls no girls dressing, dressing room because there was no boys that's mad I got a medal yeah. and a trophy for being the only girl ever to join my granddad was very proud aww um, but yeah so yeah I remember going home and being like ma can you we go get a bra and my ma being like what I was like I'm not wearing a slip <laughs> I don't remember my no, first she, I don't know instance. there's a reason she told everybody I was gay oh my mother thought I was gay when I told my mum about Flavio I said I'm seeing someone and she went who is he or her <laughs> and I was like Kathleen you know what I appreciate you being so open minded yeah my mum my mum told all of my aunties I was gay why and uh, I, I, was it like a way of her dealing with the fact that you weren't like hyper feminine I don't know. I think so. Like I did. Like don't. But it's like crazy that if someone's not hyper feminine, people mm. go to lesbian. Mm. Like there's a level of like. I played football. All of my mm. interests were boy. Like all of the toys I played were, were boys, boys toys. toys. Um, or considered boys toys yeah, back yeah, yeah. then. So I only played with boys. I didn't really like playing with girls, and it was like not because I didn't like girls. It's because you they didn't of, play football. You were rough and tumble kind of. Yeah, thing. they didn't play football, yeah, 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 and they didn't yeah. play like yeah. any of the games that I wanted to play. And I didn't want, like, the girls on my road were quite, like, older. So there was, like, drama and bitchiness that went on with them that I just kind of didn't want to deal with. I didn't want to deal with. I just wanted to play football yeah, and yeah, games. Yeah. So I played what, like, yeah. 
Boy. So mom told everybody that I was... And I, I was very masculine a butch in my dress sense like I wore basketball jerseys or I wore baseball jerseys I wore oversized tracksuit pumps but I just I did not want that yeah there no, was I never it. a moment I where I was I like was I, I want to look like like I was never a tomboy but I didn't like as I said I didn't want like boys anywhere near me in school I was like no I didn't have a boyfriend in school I met Col- oh, Col- sorry. <laughs> but like I didn't there was no boys in my, I never kissed a boy in my school yeah I my very first kiss was when I was 16 yeah I was like I don't have any interest in any of this and I hate you all and stay away from me and twitchy my eye. very first boyfriend was like when I was 15 so my very first kiss was when I was 15 yeah but I was very close to being 16 yeah and my very first boyfriend was, was when you were 15 um and I never Never, like, up until that point, I had no interest. No, like, none. Like, I, my first boyfriend was until I was 18. And even after that, when when I got older and I was dating, it was never something that I looked for. Yeah. Like, even, like... Yeah, it was yeah, never, you know, never you meet, like, actively... You know, you meet girls and they're like, I just really want to be with somebody. Yeah. You meet people, not girls. You no, meet people, people and you just want to yeah, be yeah. with somebody. I never had that. Neither do I. I was like, oh, all right. And I still don't. Like, I don't actively search out, like stuff like that it's just not in me yeah I'm dead inside that's what I'm saying I think I might be a little bit too a little bit dead inside but then I watch all those like stupid like movies and I'm like I'm so mad <laughs> um, so I don't know it's confusing well, I think everybody has a romantic side but romance makes me desperately uncomfortable so I don't I, well, I always like romance and deep sexual intent yeah like I make me horribly uncomfortable yeah I'm like oh. I was saying to Graham I think I said this to you that scene in Goodfellas Oh yeah, you were saying that to me last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where she's like, where he's like staring at her. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I would. That's not sexy. That's terrifying. <laughs> he's gonna kill me. Um, but anyway, that's our thirty-one minutes of oh, Jesus, is it? Yeah, I'll be cut down to like twenty-nine scratch. I know, won't. I don't think there's anything there. We're cut now. Leave it all in. Leave it all in, Colin. Colin. Don't even edit the fucking show. <laughs> Put it up. Anyway, so I'm gonna tell my story. It's Sarah's week this week. So I don't gotta do shit. Yeah. And Although it, I have to work on a story if we're recording on Thursday because we're going away on Friday. Yes. Yeah. So we need to record on Thursday. On Thursday, yeah. So we don't have a repeat of this shit. Why are you getting that girl with me? I might record my episode on Thursday too. Oh, that's a good idea. Cut this out. Anyway. Give him 10 seconds now. Go. Okay. This week. This week. I'm going to talk about John Gallagher... And the murder of Annie and Anne Gillespie. Mm. And this is a sad one. Oh, They're all sad. Men. Men. Boo. <laughs> Boo words. Boo. Annie and Anne Gillespie were incredibly close. Anne's father had died when she was just two months old. And this was Annie's second marriage. Both her husbands had died young and suddenly. Oh, and Anne was her entire world and she was absolutely adored by her mother. Oh, no. They were both incredibly close and spent all of their possible time together. Oh, so this is going to be horrible. Mm-hmm. John Gallagher grew up 15 miles up the road in Lifford. So this happens in County Donegal. Right. In the 80s. In the 80s. I got love for you. <laughs> <laughs> The 80s were a garbage time. If you were born in the 80s. I feel sorry for anybody that was like of an age in the 80s where you remember it. Yeah, it's a bit, yeah, it no. Like a horrible all of the time. footage of the 80s in Ireland. Oh, it's fucking depressing. You know, reading in the ears. Which, well, by the way, is a fucking diamond of a television it show. It is a diamond. I love it. It's very few RT shows that they've done well, and that's yeah. one of the good Here's ones. Here's a story about Reeling in the Ears. One time I was watching Reeling in the Ears, and it was an episode about uh, Live Aid and the famine, and I got really upset and started crying. And then Jerry found me crying, and I was, he was like, Why are you crying? And I was like, This is really sad. But then he went and told my mother he thought I was depressed. I was like, nine, ten. No, it was more, by 13, 14. And my mother was convinced I was depressed, and they had a chat with me. And I was like, I was watching Reeling in the Ears. <laughs> the babies were dying. That's why I was crying. Oh, it's a very vivid memory of them being like, why are we crying? Because it's real in the ears is on. Why was that sad? Because babies were dying, Kathleen. I wish you hadn't known more then to go, well, I'm fucking depressed now. <laughs> <laughs> fucking nonsense. Tell Jerry to stay the fuck out of my business. <laughs> anyway, sorry, go on. Sorry. Um, so John Gallagher grew up 15 miles up the road in Lifford. From Anne, he is the youngest of nine children and at the age of 13, he suffered a serious injury from a car accident. As a result, his parents often took a less harsh approach to dealing with his behaviour. 
He had difficulties in school. He was moved from school to school and at a young age he drops out and goes to work with his dad. Why I don't understand how he goes to work with his dad because he becomes a postman, a post office driver. What? So it's not as if his dad owns his own business. I thought you were going to be like a plumber or something. It's a doctor. Yeah. This is a family business. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, When he's 18, he meets Anna at a disco and she is 14 years old. Yeah, this seems to be a fucking theme, eh? And he like immediately is very much a part of Annie and Anne's family. So he like immediately they start dating. It becomes very serious. He has a key to their family home. He comes and goes as he pleases. And their neighbours um, like remark on the fact that he seems more of a father figure to her. And he speaks to her in quite like a domineering fashion. God, fuck's sake. Stop letting strange men into your house. I know. Stop letting strange men fuck your 14 year old. 14. That's a child. Mm. Anyway, go on. The two date for three years and she's now in her final year of school. So for three years, these are together. There are, he's really possessive. Um, and I'll talk about it a bit more later on. But she then, on the three-year mark, she's now finishing school. She's in her final year. She's kind of exploring her options. She's kind okay. of figuring out what she wants to do. Okay. She was really into fashion. She was very... Yes, Annie. She was very... um Work. She was very pretty, and she also, like, would wear, like... Dressed well. Yes. Mm. Like, she's like you. She always has a an outfit put together. She's got to keep it all together. Yeah. She's like you when we go to the airport. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> like, show up my leggings. Airport I'm, fashion. Show up my leggings and my sliders. <laughs> 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 I don't own a pair of sliders. <laughs> she does. Five pairs. <laughs> so, Anne decides that she's going to end the relationship with John. Um, because she wants to kind of go do stuff with her yeah she's kind of I'm, obviously I think there's like other reasons I think it's well established that like he's really possessive and oh, fuck that guy. Uh, it's problematic um, so she says I'm going to end a relationship and he pursues her and just refuses to accept the fact that he, she's breaking up with him shocker yeah so John then begins to like appear at like events that she's at oh. So she he appears at like nights out. He is so this is one instance that's well documented where they're at a wedding. So Anne and Annie are at a wedding. Okay. And another guest at the wedding asks her if she wants to dance. So she dances with the man, and then John arrives in the middle of them dancing, <gasps> and tells her she's never to dance with anyone else ever again. He violently assaults the man. What the fuck? And has to be escorted off the premises. And both Anne. Back to the future. Yeah. <laughs> Here's reading the script for Back to the Future. It's in the movie. Uh, both Anne and Annie are concerned for their safety. Uh, but John begs for forgiveness. But the next coming, behavior, next coming day, his behaviour becomes even more erratic and disturbing. So he has started to show up at like events throughout this like time of them like breaking, breaking up. up on and off. Um, during that period, there's an occasion where she... He, like, convinces her to get into a car with him. Jesus his Christ. car. And he threatens to, like, crash the car. Says that if he ever sees her with anyone else again, he'll kill her. What the fuck? At around this time, Anne confides in a school teacher. Um, and the school teacher wants to remain, remain anonymous. Because I watched an interview on, on RTE and the school teacher is, like, completely burnt out. Oh, okay. Um, she says that John is not used to being told no and if she doesn't get police protection that she'll be ten- attending her fu- like the teacher will be attending her funeral the teacher said this yeah that Fuck. Anne had said this to her that he, she would be attending her funeral the very next day the very next day John attacks Anne in her own home oh. he attempts to kidnap her he drags her out of the house and tries to put her in his car and their neighbour steps in and has to pull John off her and have to has to lock Anne in the garage and John then drives off. Anne, Anne goes to the police to report the attack after her family are like, you need to go and report this. Yeah. She, in that report, which is only, I could only find this in one place, so in the Irish Independent, yeah. she reports that she's raped Oh God! Um, and she reports that she was raped and attacked by him, and that he tried to kidnap her. Oh. The guard then go to find John and interview him, and they like this leads to like essentially them like hunting him down. Yeah, and they find him on a bridge, saying that he's going to kill himself. 
They get his family to come to the bridge. His family convince him to come down and he's admitted to St. Connell's Psychiatric Hospital for treatment. Anne thinks that, like, the ordeal is, like, over. Oh, God. So she withdraws the statement. Oh, Anne! And then... Honey! As soon as he hears this in the psychiatric hospital, he leaves the hospital against the doctor's request. Because he's heard she's, like, dropped it. Yeah. So he obviously... The like the family are like go and commit yourself to a psychiatric hospital. Yeah, because you're trying to kill yourself. You're clearly not trying to kill yourself. You're, you're standing just on the bridge. Yeah. Um, and then he's like sitting there waiting. And obviously, I would say his lawyer, or whoever, is like staying here until you have to go to court because then it's like you're not well. Yeah. And then she is like, oh well, it's over now, and he's in hospital. So she withdraws the statement, Ooh. and then he's like, well, I'm just fucking out here. Fuck. So, that Sunday, Anne, Annie, and her uncle Patrick and his family go to visit their grandmother in Sligo General Hospital. They spend most of the day in the hospital, and they all leave together that evening. As they go to the vehicle, John Gallagher appears to pull up behind the vehicle and block the car in. Oh, fuck. Anne and Annie immediately spot that it's John, and they pile into the back of Patrick's car. Okay. So, Patrick is her uncle, to hide. Yeah. Anne starts to scream hysterically because she has seen the gun on the back <gasps> seat of John's car and she's screaming, Mammy, Mammy, he's going to shoot me. Don't let him in. He's going to shoot me. Oh. So Patrick's family, they, um, Patrick's family and wife run back to the hospital and Patrick stays at the car to try and stop John. Oh my God, this is awful. John takes aim at Patrick square like within like a meter of him so blow your head off kind of thing. but the gun jams so Patrick he literally says he was going to shoot him yeah no he he, shoot, he shoots it the gun jams and Patrick says he hears a click and so as he hears the click and the gun jams John then says to Patrick I'm giving you a chance now to get the fuck out of here so John then bails back to the hospital so John runs back to the hospital and as he's running he hears the first shot oh Sarah and Annie is screaming. He hears his his sister screaming. You've shot Anne. I shot my child. And then John shoots three more times, and Patrick turns to go back to the car. So John Pat, John shoots three more times. Patrick runs back to the car, and in the time he runs back to the car, John jumps in his car and drives off. Patrick describes the scene in the back of the car. The two women are wrapped around each other. Annie knew from the fire. Annie knew from the first shot that her daughter was dead. And she turned to face John. And he shot her directly in the face. But he, as they're lying in the car, he shoots them two more times. This motherfucker. John Gallagher goes on the run and leads the guard on a late night high speed chase. So he goes on the run on Sunday and it's like all through the night. He drives through multiple guarded checkpoints. He drives off the pier into the water. So he like drives through multiple checkpoints in Donegal, then gets to the pier. I don't know what pier it was. Drives into the water with the guards behind them. Fuck. The guard are driving after him. They discover that he's handcuffed himself to the steering wheel. They manage to free him and revive him and they bring him back to Sligo General. That's insane, dude. So they bring him back to the hospital the body of those two women is sitting in the car park. Oh my god, what the fuck, Ireland? The bodies of Anne and Annie, because this is like 1988, so I think at the time, it's still now, but I know we have like people underneath the, you know the person that comes out to like examine, what's yeah, that, what's oh, that they, lady uh, called? Oh my god, we suck. State pathologist. Yeah, so the state pathologist doesn't get there till like Tuesday night. So they're in the car. They're in the car. And when I tell you, this will tell you how bad it was. The imagery and footage of them in the car is, you know, the curtains that go around the hospital beds. You know, the ones that are like on the wheels. Yeah, they go. Yeah. Not the ones that are like stuck to the wall. Oh, so they're just like that. You know, the ones that like are on the wheel that you bring with you from ward to ward. That's what's around the car. That's what's around the car. Sarah. So their bodies sit in the car until when, until Tuesday. And... They're taken out of the car three days after shooting. Great. Everyone's doing a bang up job of this. So John Gallagher is brought to... So he's brought to hospital and revived and then he wakes up. Um, and pretty much is like, I didn't mean to do it. 
I don't know what I was doing. Yeah, so I he's brought to court on Wednesday, 21st, and he's charged with murder. He responds saying, she was my girlfriend for three and a half years. I didn't mean to end her life. Okay. The worst part about that is not only did you shoot her child and shoot her, you then went back and put two more bullets in them. Yeah. You fucking piece of shit. You knew exactly what you were doing. July 8th, 1989. So a whole year later, Gallagher, Gallag- Gallagher or Gallagher? I think we say Gallagher English. Gallagher. Like Gallagher. Fucking Gallagher. Stands trial in Central Criminal Court. Uh, in the Central Criminal Court, Dublin for murder. John's defence team immediately put forward the argument that John was criminally insane and not a well man. Well man. The outwardly said that he'd been... Wait to hear this for defence. Go. That he'd been taking slimming tablets in large doses up to one week before the killing and this had affected his mental state now my mother got given slimming tablets in the 80s and it's speed that's what you were prescribed yeah, yeah, yeah. in the 80s what the fuck so he was on speed a week before this and apparently he was stalking her yeah he that, had raped her, he had and, raped attacked her, her. and attacked her and he was stalking her and they think that slimming tablets are the reason that he went and shot her and her daughter but nonetheless the jury goes out yeah four hours later yeah and of five men and three women I think he's found guilty but insane ugh whatever on two counts of murder he's sent to Dundrum until his situation is to be reviewed just four months later he puts forward the first application of many to be released on the grounds that he was not insane so what does he want to get released and put in jail this guy's a fucking idiot. The court now puts forward an old... So the reason he's doing this is because there's an old law still in place that's called the Lunacy Act. It was passed under British law in like the 1800s. Oh, and sake. in Britain, it no longer applied because they had written it out. Yeah. And in the 70s, it was reviewed in Ireland and the uh, argument and uh, advice put forward was to re- write it out and yeah, write this instead. It. Yeah, yeah. But because it's Ireland, we just didn't do that. Why would we? So... He's he's put, essentially, this Lunacy Act comes into play and it says that you're the state's responsibility until you can prove that you're not mentally not insane. Mentally. Okay. So he knows, he's got a criminal defence team that are now saying that if you put your application forward that says you're no longer insane and that you weren't insane, yeah. you can't be, it's double jeopardy, you can't be tried oh. again. So you're just going to get out. You're just going to get out. They're going to walk free kind of thing. Yeah. So seven years on, Patrick continues to challenge... Um, he, so he continuously challenges us for seven years Constantly it goes to the high court it. twice right and on the 6th of September 1996 he loses his right to freedom okay so it's the final case in the high court and the high court like no, no end of he gives a press conference outside yeah of course he does that says he's held unlawfully and as time goes on he's given more freedom in the hospital so he gets a job. Oh my God. He is released on day release. And one day in July 2000, Gallagher just disappears. Of course it does. So he, and he disappears in the oddest, like in a way that if you worked in the hospital, you'd be like, well, he's up something. He takes all of his belongings with him. For fuck's sake. And he leaves on a motorbike. <laughs> like, they're like, come back, yeah? Yeah. And they're like, John, you have the best day. And he says. See you for dinner, yeah? yeah he yeah. says he's going to meet a friend. Mm-hmm. Grand job, see you um, He goes on the run and then he contacts the News of the World. What's wrong with these people? And says he wants to tell his story. He's now in Oxford in England. He says uh, he has a girlfriend, but he has no money. He has a girlfriend who he was riding through while he was in hospital. Don't fuck these men. And she's got him in her gaff yeah. and given him money. Yeah. You fucking idiot. Like, now, what I don't mean to be anti-women. You fucking idiot. Yeah. Don't fuck these men. What is wrong with you? Yep. So he uh, he's, he meets the news of the world and he tells me he wants 12,000 euro for the story. The journalist had tipped off the police in the UK. Yeah. And he's arrested and held under the British Mental Health Act. The British police cannot hold him... Uh, the British police cannot hold on to him and they cannot detain him. So what happens then? He's just let go? He's just let go. Oh my God, what the fuck? And then that's it. We don't hear anything about John Gallagher for 12 whole years. So he's just living in England? He's just living his life. He's not in England. Where is he? 
12 years go by and no one hears anything from John until Primetime does a story on him on the 10th of April 2012. He's recorded in Straban, Northern Ireland. 12 minutes from Lifford, Donegal. Fuck off. So people knew he was there. They had to have known he was there. John Gallagher is approached by the team. So there's all this footage on Primetime and I remember this on Primetime which is why I decided to do the story. So they go up to him? They go up to him and are like, like, if you just cross that border, you should be arrested, right? Yeah. And he's like really abusive. He's like, I don't owe you anything. I don't know. Oh, those people, anything. They can get fucked. Like, fuck off. Leave me alone. the worst. Um, and they hand him a letter from the family asking him to explain himself. And he says he's nothing to explain. explain. He threatens the journalists. Then he, he watches the journalists in his car for like 20 minutes. And then he drives off. A month later, mm-hmm. John admits himself to Dundrum. What? So he admits himself to the hospital and asks to be examined. He's examined. He's released like seven weeks later. This is fucking ridiculous. This man should be in jail. He's released one term and one term only. That he is to not interact or have any dealings with the Gillespie family. Um, and the law that allowed John Gallagher to essentially get away with murder yeah uh, is not overhauled until 2006 in Ireland what the fuck and he still lives here he's still out just he's living still out he's just living his life and it's like Annie and Anne never happened because the entire story is just he just, he gunned down a young woman and her daughter in a eight, car an 18 year old in a car and he what like how how is this how is he I don't understand like this makes no sense what the fuck is what 80s the 80s as George is saying but this is in the 80s Emma this is too he goes no but even in the 80s like this happened in the 80s yeah as Georgia my favourite murder says the 80s need to go to jail they don't need to go to jail absolutely true they need to go to jail Um, so he fucking crazy killed some like imagine and then it's like I'm crazy Oh, and then in the... He's like, I'm not crazy. Yeah, but in the... the like, it was made me so mad because there was this one woman that I was watching. So I watched Scanal, the Irish Times as always, the Irish Independent. And then there was some like other local papers, but I was just trying to find out more about him. It was difficult to find out anything about him. Um, but there's this like interview with this like... I think must have been someone that works in the institution. Yeah. It's in Irish, so I couldn't understand. Um... But she pretty much was like, essentially, the worst thing you could possibly do in the late 80s is say that you were criminally insane, is what she was saying. So he had to think really long and hard about it. Fuck because, because the end, like, the amount of time you would spend in jail, there is no end date because essentially it's up to the state yeah, to decide yeah, yeah, if you're yeah. insane or not. But I was like, no, he played the system. He 100% played the system. And he knew how to play it because he got put into a psychiatric hospital when he said he was going to kill himself and then heard that the charges were dropped so he was like, okay, burn them out. And then pretty much did the exact same thing for the court of like, he stalked this woman. He showed up at like events yeah. that she was at he raped her this and kidnapped her it was premeditated he brought the gun to the hospital he told Patrick oh. I'm giving you three minutes to, to get, get away here I'm gonna kill you because I'm going to kill those two and I'm going to kill you he attempted to kill him and there was no prosecution brought forward for attempted murder on him this is insane it was just two counts of murder and because they were like because they were women is all I could think of um, it was just deemed acceptable and appropriate yeah. to be like like Four months later, he decided to go to court and tell them that he was not criminally insane. This motherfucker. And at no point four months later... Is he still alive? He's still alive, yeah. He's still in Ireland. This is... Uh, he's like, driving a lovely Mercedes-Benz in that episode of Primetime. Is he? He's driving around Straban, having a grand nail time. I um, just... Our judicial system just... Marriage. <laughs> How many of these stories have we told now where it's like... Ten. The end of it is just... Makes no sense... These poor, like, all I ever think about the end of these things is their family. family. And her uncle tells the story of, because her uncle, and because that's his sister, and there was no, like, Annie's, Anne's 
dad was not around and his husband was not around so they he was kind of yeah like they were like a really close family the oh, two of them were really close people like he heard his niece Getting being shot. shot and then he came back to stop it and they were dead in the back of his car oh my god how the fuck and he tells and it's that? like heartbreaking like when i was reading that oh, bit i didn't want to get upset but it's god. upsetting the whole story is upsetting but it's just but there's no end game there's no, nothing's happened nothing he has faced nothing the only thing that happened is that they changed the law and the fact that he rang the news of the world and was like give me 12 grand for yeah. me telling me what's your story that you're a fucking piece of shit that you're a murderer you are a cold-blooded yeah. but the, murderer the, the story turned into him he turned it in and was able to turn it in because no one cared that these two women had been murdered literally no one cared um, and no one reported that she'd been raped no one reported, even in Scanal, they said that she reported that she was attacked and and kidnapped. But they didn't mention the rape. They did not mention that she was raped. It's the Irish Independent mentioned that she was raped. Like I was watching this um this thing the other day, this documentary, I can't remember what it was about now. It's gone out of my head. Anyway, there was a, girl, a lady talking and she was, it was in the 70s in America and she was talking about how, oh, it wasn't, it was I'll Be Gone in the Dark, sorry. Um, oh. Yeah, so there was a lady, one of the uh, police women that, Michelle McNamara worked with and she was talking about how in the 70s when a woman was raped she was asked of what was she was a, doing it wasn't talked about because there was so much shame in it it was like well she was probably walking around like there was advertisements how to stop getting raped and it was like basically like don't go outside the onus wasn't on the man it wasn't like stop raping women if you feel these urges go and get help you know don't do this it was like the women were walking around with short skirts on and at night time in the dark sure, and I was like that- what the f- Fuck one of those this? ladies I remember reading in the book where essentially she was asked what she was wearing in her own house yes. and did you yeah. have the curtains up while you were wandering yeah. around your house like and then what I do the girl that fist <laughs> could right up the arse that girl that was raped ten fingers yeah that poor girl that was raped and then her dad just wouldn't talk about it never yeah. mentioned it, it was a, she said like the next day or the day after they just went back to normal it was never talked about it was never mentioned it was just back to normal like everything is terrible and everybody needs to go to jail and this guy needs to go to jail he needs to be in fucking jail piece of shit needs to be in jail like what the fuck he murdered two women in cold blood cold blood he murdered a a kid and her mum yeah and he's walking around yeah and her mum driving a fucking Mercedes her mum held her only child in her arms in her arms when she was shot to death and no one can do anything about this and not like and that poor family are living less than 25 miles away from and that, this And that shows you the absolute level of arrogance he would have to be and ignorance and just piece of shitness to be like, I'm going to live beside the family of the people that I murdered. Yeah. Well, I hope his dick and balls fall off. I hope his anus prolapses. I hope he gets COVID. What else? He gets the, the black fist of doom. Yeah. That's what it was called. <laughs> know that <laughs> I've got one Graham <laughs> I've got Graham sorry Graham loves the black fist of doom up oh, the bum bum fuck that dude no harm done done <laughs> what is this I'm uh, sorry I'm sorry I'm very giddy I haven't seen you need seen to write him. Um, a jingle for that adult shop I just wrote one there. What are you talking about? That's what I'm saying. Go into them. Be like, listen. Listen, I got a deal for you. I tell you, you can use this for free. Listen. Don't tell anyone I wrote it. It's your lucky day. I don't want any money and I want no credit. Bunch of bastards. Fuck all you at all. All right. Thanks for listening to this week. Yes. Uh, We don't know. I don't know what I'm doing next Murder most Irish. Thanks for all your lovely messages. It's a podcast. People are being so nice on Instagram. One finger up the bum. Ten fingers up the bum. No, I'm done. Uh, dun 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 rubber fist up the bum what were we going to call this episode the black fist of doom black fist of doom that's what we're calling this episode. I thought we were calling it 84 cunts 84, 84 cunts no there was a better one you said a better one oh we'll have to go back and listen to it and find it anyway cunts. thank you for listening I'm not listening back to this goodbye <laughs> <laughs> goodbye this is a public service announcement from Manana Hairden I heard y'all giving out about the tampon commercial you need to pop a chill pill so it's all only natural it's only your body talking to you. I just it hurt like a conto. But your fuckers drop a beat. When I checked my knickers on a Saturday night, I saw a stain that was bloody and bright. I should have known it was coming, cause I got in a fight. And my tits hurt like crazy. And 
Then the cramps started cramping and I started to cry. I wrote on Facebook that I wanted to die. Watch out, Buffy and Mickey, if you look at me twice, does anyone have some chopping? It looks like I sat on a knife. I wish these niggers were white. It's supposed to be every month, not every fucking week. It's my period, period on the floor. And we're gonna need a clean up on our floor. It's my period, period, no one's safe. If you start on me, I'll smash your fucking face. One. Two, three. Fuck off, Cyril Sneer!